Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. All right, so we're joined here today by Jeff Cooling. Jeff, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Um, so uh, I've been involved with uh, the Hair Night World since about 2006. Um, in the recent past, I am one of the co-editors uh, of Hair Night Now, which is a, an advice site for consumers globally. We have a pretty much global audience. Um, a lot of people in America read us, a lot of people in the UK and Australia and pretty much the rest of the English-speaking world. Um, our main trust is to give independent and honest advice about the hearing aids that are available across the world, but also the hearing care and the people who provide them. We uh, see our position as a consumer advocate, but also an advocate for independent here in healthcare globally. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, for the listeners here who maybe aren't in the hearing healthcare space, um, Jeff is, you know, he's one of the people that runs one of the most widely read uh, publications, you know, in the hearing healthcare space um, located in, you guys are in Ireland, right? I'm in Ireland. Uh, my business partner's in uh, the UK. Okay. What part of Ireland are you in? Dublin. Okay. <laughs> Dublin. Nice. So, the only part uh, of Ireland that matters, mate. <laughs> the only one that matters. That's right. Uh, so the reason that I wanted to bring Jeff on today is that uh, Jeff, you know, for those that are in the industry, will recognize Jeff Cooling um, as one of the, um, you know, probably one of the most uh, on the forefront of thought leadership and, and just putting out a whole lot of material as to, um, you know, how the industry is changing, evolving. And, you know, as we enter into 2020, you know, I think it was Jeff actually that said this, that we are due for more change in the next five years than we felt in the previous 50 years. So let's start right there. Can you speak a little bit about this? And then I can obviously touch on how in the U.S. in particular that this is really going to be uh, applicable to, but this notion that we're sort of at the cusp of just like a, a pretty big tsunami of change within the hearing healthcare industry. I, I think it's a confluence of, of many different things. Uh, these things have come together, and that's technological advancement. It's consumer wants and needs. Um, it's also, you know, uh, the idea of this healthy aged. Lots of these things are, are, are kind of driving the current future of hearing aids. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that's driving that future as well is hearables. Mm -hmm. So, we all know, or I think we're all aware that the year is probably the next battleground for the tech companies mm -hmm. and primarily because of voice first. Yep. So it makes perfect sense for ear level devices to be voice first devices that uh, work all day long in your ear, give you the information that you need, also answer the questions that you need, et cetera, et cetera. It feels to me like we're moving away from the screen 
we're moving away from the phone in our hands and we're moving towards uh, voice and spoken instructions. I think that as well plays into the, um, the evolution of hearing aids and the change in face of the hearing aid space primarily. Of course, OTC in the States is having a major effect or will have a major effect on hearing aid provision moving forward. But I think it's consumer pressure and technological advancement that's really, I think, bringing the pressure um, to where it is right now. Yeah, no, well said. I, I agree with you. I think that from the uh, from the technology standpoint, you're right that like, you know, Amazon, Apple, Samsung, Google, you know, they're looking at their at, at our ears as like, okay, we've overly saturated all of our customers eyes. So how can we derive and monetize more attention? You know, oh, okay, how about we go after their ears? And that's on it. You know, that's obviously a little bit of a cynical way to put it. But, um, you know, the, as a result of, you know, the AirPods effect is kind of the way that I think about it. Um, you have, you know, all of these major tech companies are realizing that there's, you know, there's legacy use cases like streaming music, streaming audio. Um, but I think they're realizing that when you have these intelligent devices uh, at the ear level, it's opening up a lot of really interesting use cases. And as a byproduct of these massive tech companies coming into the space, there's a sort of like a windfall of innovation that's bleeding into this hearing healthcare industry. A lot of the hearing aids today, a lot of the Bluetooth hearing aids can take advantage of a lot of the same things that AirPods and Echo Buds and these different devices are sort of blazing the trail on. So I agree with you. I think on the technology side, there's a lot of change that's happening. And then on the accessibility side, there's a lot that's happening too. Like in the US, for example, the over-the-counter hearing aid uh, law passed uh, a I think a year ago, and it's just been moving through all of the different steps. And now it's in its last step where it's been signed into law. The FDA has it in their hands. They're drafting up the guidelines and it's estimated by the summer of 2020 in the U S you'll now be able to buy hearing aids over the counter. And because of that, there's going to be a whole slew of new suppliers. Um, there's probably going to be the current existing manufacturers that have over-the-counter level options. So in terms of how hearing aids have been purchased and how they'll be purchased moving forward, that's going to change a lot too because you've really uh, created a new avenue in which people can access these devices. Yeah, agreed. I think that provision will will dramatically change over the next over the next even year. I would say we've already seen some provision changes with with you know online providers moving forward with self fitting hearing aids, and I think that we'll see m much more of that. I think as soon as the OTC uh, regulations are passed, I think we'll see a glut of devices hitting the marketplace, self-fitting, mm -hmm. purchased online, purchased in pharmacies, purchased over-the-counter in electronic stores. I think at the beginning, a lot of them will probably be rubbish. Mm -hmm. um, I think that will change, though, and I think it will change dramatically moving forward. The mainstream hearing aid manufacturers, I mean, they, they, they find all of this difficult because if they go down the OTC route, they have an existing market channel that they, you know, that they have to worry about. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I think that actually probably some of, one of the best things that could happen for consumers 
would be that mainstream manufacturers move into OTC, the OTC channel. Mm -hmm. Because I think that they, they understand hearing aids very well. They mm -hmm. understand the difficulties inherently involved in the provision of hearing aids. Totally. And they also understand the needs and wants of, of consumers and how they change from when they are at the prospect stage mm -hmm. to when they are at the user stage. You know, a prospect user, all they're really concerned about is price. Mm -hmm. Okay. As soon as a prospect user becomes an experienced user, mm -hmm. they're more concerned about quality, reliability, and actually service and aftercare. And I think if the mainstream manufacturers became involved, we would see what's called a blended model. Mm -hmm. So that these OTC devices would be provided in, in, in the same way as other OTC devices, but there would always be an option moving forward to see a professional yeah. and uh and i think that's the thing that gets lost up in this explosion of technology uh, and i mean for even for me i'm a nerd i really you know i i love <laughs> technology right but and you know the whole excitement of it um but you know you have to be cognizant of the ongoing needs of users mm -hmm. and i think that uh Mainstream manufacturers are mainstream hearing aid manufacturers are cognizant of those needs, and I think for somebody like say say for instance Amazon or Apple, they suddenly decided, hell, we're gonna do hearing aids. Mm -hmm. I don't think, to be honest with you, I'm I'm not sure that'll ever happen. But mm -hmm. say they do decide to do that, it's going to be a massive learning curve for those guys. Mm -hmm. You know, they've never had to worry about wax. Yeah, they've never had to worry about wet ears. Mm -hmm. They're, the devices that they provide are really only designed to be worn for three or four hours every day, mm -hmm. you know? So all of a sudden you have to learn about a device that has to work 24 hours or well, we'll say 12 to 14 hours a day. Mm -hmm. It has to sit in a wet waxy year. Yeah. And it has to last for at least two years. You know, as I said, that's a steep learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, not that it, not that they wouldn't learn, but yeah, no, I think that moving forward, the, the, the way I don't ever think people have asked me, you know, what, what will happen to professionals? What will happen to audiologists? Mm -hmm. I really do think that what audiologists do will change. Yeah. Um, and I would even go so far as to say that we as a profession may no longer sell hearing aids. Um, you know, that's a possibility. I do believe that moving forward, that could be a possibility. Mm -hmm. We don't sell hearing aids, but we sell service packages to mm -hmm. provide the care, the fitting, the verification that's needed for users to get the very best out of the devices that they have. Yeah, no, I think that's a really interesting point and it's jarring. I mean, obviously that disrupts everything. I think every business model that the professional community has is in some way tied to selling hearing aids. So, um, you know, we're talking about true radical transformation, but to your point, you know, I think that it speaks to a larger theme and a larger trend that's uh, really, really becoming prominent within the consumer's mindset. And that is just that 
consumers, they want, they want uh, a level of do it yourself and, um, you know, they, they want to be able to be empowered with their tools and, and, and have the ability to, um, program their devices, I guess, to a degree. But really, I think while that's a thing, I also think that there is an element of wanting an expert and not just an expert with this, but an expert in everything. (coughs) And that's like, to your point, you know, with the service packages, the way I see this is, you know, the, um, there was a really good quote that was in the hearing review a while back. I don't remember who it was, but it was something to the effect of like, uh, for hearing care professionals lamenting the dwindling cost of the product, they should also recognize the increasing demand for their services, which is being a provision of knowledgeable assistance. And I think that is on the money because as there becomes more and more options out there, and as this market becomes more convoluted and confusing, people will look for answers. They're going to look for experts. And I think that that's really where the professional is best positioned is to be that provision of knowledgeable assistance. And that goes beyond just the fitting of hearing aids, but it goes through all of the oral rehabilitation that's involved with treating one's hearing loss. It's speaking to all of the new value that you can get out of these devices, walking them through the things that you can do with a voice assistant, walking them through you know, the various biometric uh, sensors and the different readouts that you can get from these devices. They'll almost need to be consultants um, as to the value that you can get out of this device that goes beyond just the traditional hearing aid value proposition. Yeah, no, listen, I think I, you know, I'd really agree with you. I wrote an article a couple of years ago about, you know, biometric sensors on hearing aids and, and how that would change or could change our profession. But, you know, I said at the time, we need to, you know, carpe diem. We, we need to seize the day here. We need to shape this moving forward. Like, mm-hmm. um, so, and you're dead right. You mentioned biometric sensors. What I felt was, all of these readings, et cetera, et cetera. We're talking about true healthables. We're not talking about toys. We're talking about true health data. And that, you know, we were the ones who would not control that data as such, but coordinate that data. Mm -hmm. And that, that allowed us, our profession, to be part of and center of a primary healthcare team. You know, because that data has to be passed to the team, right? And, um, I mean, there's all there's so many opportunities. Okay, you know, yeah. as I said, maybe we're not going to sell hearing aids, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think that will quite happen. I think I think what may well happen is there may be a reduction in the amount of hearing aids that we sell. Right. Okay, and I think that our business will move much more towards providing the service that we do. Um, but actually charging for that service as opposed to right. the way we do right now. So what we do right now, and it's something that I've railed against for years, <laughs> is we, we charge a lump sum and the consumer thinks that's for the hearing aid. Okay? And, and their attitude is, how can an electronic device, mm-hmm. so tiny, be this amount of money? Okay? And then we say to them, Oh, well, we do service and we do fitting and we mm-hmm. look after you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's that fact, even the way we speak about it. Yeah. It's like an afterthought. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I've said it for many years. We need 
as a profession to be putting forward front and forward the service yeah and that the fact the true fact is that the product the hearing aid okay is actually an addition to the service mm-hmm. because in order for people to get very the very best out of hearing aids the very best possible they need somebody to test them they need somebody to fit those hearing aids exceptionally well mm-hmm. and validate or verify that they're actually working properly right then they need somebody to train them how to use them mm-hmm. how to take care of them and on an ongoing basis see them to ensure that they're excelling at hearing better okay it's not a one-time deal this is something that has to happen again and again and again all Mm -hmm. the way through the life of that device right and we i don't think we've ever been good at explaining that yeah um but i do think as i said i think that's probably the basis for for the change in our profession you know it'll be service-based yeah, no, well said. I, I think that that pretty much puts a bow on it. I think that if there were, you know, if you were to sum up how this is going, you know, in terms of there being more change in the next five years than there were in the past 50, I think you're exactly right. It's that the business model's flipping um, and it's it's slowly flipping right now, but I think it's going to suddenly flip. Um, and to your point, I don't necessarily think this means that like hearing care professionals are going to stop distributing hearing aids. I don't think that's the case. I think that especially for the moderate to the profoundly severe, you know, the people that are truly in need of a hearing device, I think that they will go through the professional. But I think that as OTC really evolves and matures, a lot of people that are on the lower end of the spectrum of the hearing loss spectrum um, will sort of service themselves through an app or something like that. So the bigger question, I think, when it comes to that dichotomy is like, do you then have the professional involved early on in that process where you're at least establishing that relationship so that you know you're going to be a part of their journey because we all know that hearing loss isn't something that just magically gets fixed you know it's like it you you just gradually continue to lose it over time so it's a it's all just a challenge of how do you preserve this as long as you possibly can and that's where i think that the professional really comes in is to be that call it a coach, call it a, a guide or whatever. But, you know, people will be able to more or less program the devices, I think, to a degree. But I think where the real value comes in is helping them to actually understand how it is that they can preserve their hearing and get the most out of the devices and get the most out of, you know, the idea of having a computer in your ear. I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that, you know, it's up to us in the profession to ensure that we that we remain in that position so you know we can we can decide to do one of two things okay we can decide they're buying hearing aids online and we're going to take our ball and go home (laughs) right or right we can say okay we can't stop change we can't stop consumer wants and needs Mm -hmm. okay but if we are the professionals that we say we are, we can help and guide. And that means we have to be involved from the start, from the beginning. 
Mm. So when these devices hit the market, when these devices start to come out in the next year, we need to be able, ready uh, to talk about them. We should be preempting the delivery of these. We should be discussing how we can help if you have them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, our problem is is that because we haven't been very good at communicating our worth, mm-hmm. right? The feeling, particularly in the U.S., the feeling is is that we're greedy gougers, mm. okay? And and in my experience, it's simply not true. No, it's not. You know, um, we're not. We, we yes, we charge quite a bit for a product, okay? But it's actually not the product that you're buying. Mm-hmm. It's an ongoing relationship, ongoing care and service, right? Yeah. We've never been good at communicating that. But it's our fault that we haven't. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So there's no point pointing the finger at the consumers and there's no point pointing the finger at manufacturers. We have to stand up and take responsibility for what's happened. Right? Yeah. It's a lot. I think it'll be a bit of a long road back for us <laughs> because, you know, most of the consumers are going to say, yeah, you're going to say that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think as there's a host, a cohort of consumers out there right now who in 12 months' time will have something in their ear that they probably purchased online, mm-hmm. okay? And they will begin to understand why, whilst the product is pretty good, there's a bit more to it than just the product, okay? Yeah. And we need to position ourselves for them to be able and confident to come and see us to discuss it or to see if we can fix it or to see what we can do. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, there's many of us have been talking like this for the last 10 or 15 years. Unfortunately, only a few listened. Um, <laughs> but, you know, people need, people really need to wake up now because otherwise our profession is going to get steamrolled. You know, that's what's going to happen. Well, I think that, you know, I think you, you made a really interesting point there, which is that, you know, it's not as if uh, there isn't, you know, the dollar figure that, you know, uh, hearing aids today fetch. I think the problem isn't that there is a disconnect between the price and what the people are receiving. I think they're getting the value of that, but it's how that is positioned. You know, you're just to your point, it's here's the device and oh, by the way, you get two years of me, you know, as like the service provider, whereas it should almost be flipped. You know, it should be, you get all of this great service and all this great, um, hands-on like, you know, guided approach that I'm going to give you. And, and here's the device that we're going to work with, you know, and I, you know, I'm not a provider, so I'm just, you know, speaking, from my experience of, of working with a lot of them, but it would seem that that's going to be the biggest challenge is to reconfigure the whole way in which the offering is positioned to the consumer. Yeah, I think that, you know, I do. I think it's a challenge. I think though that, you know, sites like here and now and other sites have, have tried to begin that journey, you know? Mm-hmm. So although, you know, we talk, you know, about the latest hearing aids, et cetera, et cetera. We also, consistently talk about why you need them to be well fitted 
yeah. why you need to go to somebody who offers best practice care. Totally. You know, so um, I think that journey has begun. And I think many of the readers of Here Night Now, and there's a lot of readers of Here Night Now, uh, understand that or have begun to understand that the product isn't everything. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I don't, listen, it's, it's, it's not going to be an easy road. It's probably going to be a long road. But I think it's a road that we need to start taking. Yeah. Um, because I really do feel that, you know, we could become physiologists who just happen to do tests for people who are in medical danger. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's how we could end up. Um, you know, if the consumer doesn't want us involved, if the consumer doesn't see any need for us to be involved, well, then we won't be involved. Mm. And, and that's just the truth of it. So we, we need to try and, we need to try and reach out. We need to try and shape their thinking. Um, and we need to do it right now. Yeah. I agree with you, Jeff. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for everybody that tuned in. Um, it's been a really good discussion here with Jeff and I think he's definitely, uh, speaking some truth here about, you know, what I think a lot of others have been um, thinking or, or even outwardly expressing uh, within the industry. So Jeff, thanks for, uh, for the candid words and, and for coming on and sharing with everybody today. No, it's a pleasure, Dave. Anytime. All righty. See y'all. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.